Welcome to Avowedcast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG game titled Avowed. This podcast is for fans by fans. We're not affiliated with Obsidian officially in any way, but we promise never to change the OGL on them at the last minute, hoping they wouldn't notice. Our topic today is character creation. We will take a look at how it was handled in Pillars of Eternity and offer our thoughts on how that model could be implemented into Avowed. What greater gift can a doting father give than an empire that spans the world? Look around you. Is my hall not the picture of power? Do you not drown in luxury? As I said, the jewel of Aora. Nowhere in the world can match the brilliance of my city. No, my empire. It is the greatest nation in Aora, I say. We're talking character creation today, and we have uh, quite a few people joining us here on Avowedcast. I'm going to kind of go around the horn here, and everybody tell us what you're playing. And 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 then when you tell us what you're playing, I want after the same time at the same time since we're in 2023 now, it's a new year. I want you to give us your predictions for this year as related to Avowed and Obsidian. So um, you'll give your your New Year's prediction and then just tell us what you're playing so gingerino i will let you go first my friend what you been up to oh hey let's see um well ups season at, for like the holiday season slowed down so i emerged from whatever the hell that was um still alive that's been good um what i've been doing lately i uh, i had to i finished grounded and so i thought to myself oh, i mean i need to play a, a brand new game now that I'm done this game, um, and I had God of War Ragnarok installed on my PlayStation, and so I opened up my PlayStation and I looked at God of War Ragnarok. I immediately went to the PlayStation Store, purchased and installed Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart instead, because for some reason I was like, I just can't do this right now. I'm you probably got a good out. deal on that, right? What was it like, twenty bucks for, or is it free Ratchet and Clank now? Uh, no, it was one? still it was still full price, and I didn't care. I think I just wasn't wasn't in the mood for an emotional journey uh that god of war will likely have so i just was like you know what i think i'm cool playing a little furry animal just blasting really crazy guns at aliens and just having a fun time you know so i finished that i've re i just started forespoken so i'll let you guys know how that one goes um but that's about it as what's for your prediction new year's prediction Regarding Avowed and well and Pillars, let's see. Pillars of Eternity 3 for sure is going to be shadow dropped. Uh, no, I don't know. At I don't... the next Microsoft Direct, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, I think 2023's the most we'll probably see is maybe some news at some point. That's all I'm thinking. I don't think we're not going to see the game. Almost certainly not going to see the game. So that's the only thing I can think of is that they'll either give us a release date or they'll give us an update of some sort for avowed that's uh, realistically that's what i think is probably gonna happen they don't really talk very much about their games until it's ready which i kind of like actually i kind of just prefer it that way personally but um yeah i don't know that's the old that's as optimistic as i'm gonna get that's good i like it lazar what have you been playing and what's your prediction uh I've been playing. I've been. I, I, we moved with my girlfriend. We moved on to Divinity Original Sin Two, from Divinity Original Sin One. Isn't it already it's, a lot harder? I think it's harder. Do you think it's uh, harder? You mean the the you mean the 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 game game plan like the battles and stuff? Yeah, 
I, I feel mean, like it's more challenging than the first one. I mean, we play on Explorer mode, so. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, never mind. <laughs> no, it's like, no, it's like when we played uh, when we played on on normal mode, we um, we weren't really a good team um, with my girlfriend because um, yeah, I, I kept being bossy. Oh, uh, okay. Because, because you know, obviously, like she she doesn't know that much about you know how these kind of games uh, go or like w- w- what kind of ta- tactics you can use and stuff like that. So um, yeah, we decided for explore mode and we're having a lot of fun with it. Um, so you know, so the battles are not an issue. Otherwise, I would say. I would say that it's a huge improvement over the first game, like overall, like visually, both visually and narratively. Um, just uh, you know, you can tell that um, like they had a list of you know from the first game what what do we want to do better or what needs improvement, and then like they they touched upon all of the things almost. So it's it's both. Uh, it's both like uh, quality of life changes and and everything that goes with it. Yeah, it's, just it's more novel. polished. You can tell they put more money into it. You can tell it's it's just an evolution in every way. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, yeah. I forgot how good they did. Now, here's the important thing: Did you? Can you talk to the animals? Because that's the best part for me. Yeah, that's that's by <laughs> okay. far the best part. Yeah, <laughs> okay, like the good. first thing. The the first thing I, I the first thing I did I took the the pet pal talent because <laughs> yeah. that was that was also one of the, the that was also one of the best part of the first game so I was like I'm definitely taking that. <laughs> yeah. The hell is this a talking squirrel? Quackus! I'm here, my life. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I missed that game. I'm gonna play it again. All right, what's your prediction for Avowed this year? Um, yeah, I don't think we're gonna hear uh, a whole lot either like maybe maybe the de- developer diaries but they don't really usually do that your diary like, it, it, <clears throat> like today it i worked on about yeah like I, I i don't have the impression that they would be at a stage where they could show something but you know i might be wrong i don't know fair enough fair enough all right gingerino what, what have you been playing and what's your prediction well, you already talked to me about this. So oh crap! I don't Never mind. To... This will be <laughs> an edit. Tell... There you go. This will be an editing. So here's the funny. No, leave thing. it in. <laughs> no, no. So here's the funny thing. On the left side of this dumb box, it it was going in order, but for some reason, when people pop their audio pops in and out, it resorts it. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, knew, I knew exactly what happened. That yeah, was, that was good. Parenthesis. Uh, what's your prediction for about? And have you been playing anything lately? Yes, I played the game Citizen Sleeper, a fairly short narrative RPG oh, where yes. you are a sleeper, an emulated copy of another person's mind in a synthetic body, who has escaped uh, their indentured servitude and now find themselves on a uh, uh, on an inhabited but fast decaying space station, where you have to find a place for yourself and stay one step ahead of your former master's DRM, unless your body would, would decay. So it's full of, uh, it's writing, it's, it's full of soul, tribulations, and, and hope. And uh, it might just be me going insane slowly, but I think that the character portraits is sort of uh, emblematic of the uh, 1980s anime, like, say, Appleseed. It's, they're quite good. It might not be me 
growing old, senile in my old age, but but it's a great um, game anyway. Citizen Sleeper is a master hit for what they're pulling off there. That's so good. Yeah, it, it's great, and it's like it's eleven hours. It's that that encompasses all of it right now. So if if uh, if you can get it, it's good. Anyways, uh, as with regards to about. I'm actually somewhat optimistic. I think that in the second half of this year, there will begin to come a trickle of information. Not much more than that, but still a trickle. All right. Good prediction. Um, An excellent game suggestion. So we have um, Rimran. Are you there? You want to tell us what you've been playing and uh, what your prediction for Avowed is? Yeah, I actually just did a playthrough of... Uh, Fallout New Vegas, which is always is this awesome. your first time or uh, <laughs> is this your so first time? It's it's not my first it's not it's not my first time, but um, it was my first time doing the the wild card um, ending, which was awesome. Like the the whole game, man. I I just feel like it's perfect. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing, to be honest. I agree. It's a masterpiece for me as well. It's easily uh, my favorite of the Fallout games, but uh, um, I haven't played it in a long time. You're kind of making me want to go back and give it another try. It's been a while. So good. You got any predictions for what we're going to hear about Avowed this year? I'm I'm always optimistic. I'm I think we're going to see it this year, and I think it's going to be in E3 probably in June. Ooh, Ooh, controversial. Wow. Okay. Uh, hot take. Um, so I've been uh, gone. I've gone back. I, I was going to try to resist the urge, but since they have, they put in the patch for Witcher 3, um, I'm going to back, go back and I've been in the middle of playing that for like the third or fourth time. And um, I'm surprised. Um, if you haven't gone back to try the Witcher 3 since they did the updated version, um, uh, it is it's different. The, I didn't expect the controls to be different and the controls are different and I like them better. And uh, the graphics are phenomenal, of course, but significantly better. I also noticed, I don't know if this was in their change notes or maybe it's just in my head, but it sounds like they even tweaked the sound um, because I don't know, it just, it just, everything about it is, is, the ultimate experience for playing the, an already incredible game. So I've been plowing through that a little bit when I've had time. Uh, my prediction for Avowed is simple. I'm actually going with a mix of what you guys have said. I feel like um, we will see a trailer at E3. And then I feel like after that, it's going to be a little bit of a trickle, kind of like what Parenthesis said. You know, occasionally they'll they'll release one thing here, one thing there. I think it'll start to ramp up um, probably at the Game Awards in December, where we might actually, you know, get, either get another play, trailer or some gameplay. I think there'll be a, a Microsoft Direct sometime around next January, and then that's when they'll really be kicking it in, and I think the game will release next fall, uh, 2024. Um, yeah, I th- I, I'm, I'm much more optimistic than I was. I mean, hell, it's been since 2020. Are you kidding me? So, yeah, I, I have to be at this point. I, and here's the reason why, because I don't think they can afford at this point. This is not just Obsidian, but Microsoft. I don't with all the stuff that's going on and all the bad press they've been getting in the last 
past year of not releasing really any AAA games. I mean, they are they're not in a good place right now. So their direct that they just did this, this past few weeks was was nice. They showed some gameplay. I think they could have done more. Um, but I, I think they're starting to get their rhythm. They understand what they want to do. They're kind of copying Nintendo with the directs. They're, they're you know, we're going to only talk about games in the next six months. I understand that. Um, so I do think, I think I'm a little more optimistic than Gingerino. I don't understand how what, that happened. What's going on here? What is this new um, year that we've entered it's into? Probably I don't just, like it. I, I just have more faith in Obsidian. That's what it is. So, oh well. The world is a um, depressing place, and I am sad now. Yes, and angry, no, mostly angry. I hate Jez Corden all of a sudden. Oh no! Don't even bring. I was in such a good mood. <laughs> hey, Nate, he has anyway. Today we're talking about character creation, and one of the things I did before. Uh, where we started this is put a post on the Reddit, uh, avowed Reddit about what some of the people there thought. And we're going to be talking about them and uh, mentioning their comments later on. But I thought it would be a good idea to kind of roll it back a little bit. And let's kind of really dig into different aspects of the character creation model that they used in Pillars of Eternity 1. And then, of course, in Pillars of Eternity 2. Because obviously, uh, same same company. Yes, it's a different type of game. I understand this is not isometric, so there are some things that are going to be different. It, it's probably not a party-based game, although we don't really know for sure if it is or it isn't. Um, but I'm assuming it is not. And, uh, you know, so there are some changes, but I do think a lot of the things are going to, are going to be pulled from what they've done in the past. So I'm just going to go down the the character creation, what you do when you start up uh, Pillars 1 or Pillars 2. And basically, you're starting with your gender. Um, do you guys think there'll be any change to that? I'm curious because some newer games um, have abandoned gender altogether. Um that you don't actually uh, claim male or female. You, you can do cosmetically. I mean, obviously... Um, Cyberpunk allowed you to adjust genitalia, but you know you you don't actually claim yourself as male or female. And in the current environment of the world that we live in, um, I think it might be something they try to avoid. What do you guys think? Probably put like body type A or body type B being masculine and feminine kind of thing. Feminine. That, that's I still my think guess. that's dangerous, though. It is, but also it's like that is like the human physiology usually presents itself in the masculine or feminine, but then how they identify their like gender identity, that not necessarily. So they might say, okay, select body type A, uh, select body type B. Now also, what's your gender? They could do something like that. It uh, depends on how important your character model is, I guess. Yeah, I think my guess is they'll totally abandon any label. Um, maybe they will come with some presets like you're saying. But that's um, dangerous possibly. too, right? Because like if the preset is just masculine, then it's like, well, what, what about I me? Mean, I want to play a, a female or I want to play feminine presenting, something like that, you know? So it's dangerous no matter what you do if, if from that angle. So I think, they'll, I think they'll probably put the options that they can on. I think it'll just be the cosmetics. I mean, it'll be... 
you know, they won't even set you, make you claim it'll just, and because in the game, there's no mechanical impact on the game of what gender, it doesn't matter what gender you choose if you've never played Pillars. Oh, no. It depends how much swagger they got in the walking oh, animation. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. They don't don't act like you haven't put your camera in third person mode when you were fourteen year old Sora and went. Why does okay. this game excite yeah. me? I I did in in Skyrim and I, it was PTSD. I can never go back. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, that is the mo- that terrified me. Like yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so let's move on. The gender really doesn't matter. It's it's uh, cosmetic only. Uh, let's move on to race so the races obviously are for pillars of eternity were human Amala, dwarf elf orlin and godlike um and then each race kind of has a sub race which you know does uh, does affect your starting stats at this point everything we're choice we're making pretty much is affecting your stats in some aspect um and it usually give you a bonus ability, like I believe the humans was, you got like a plus one in resolve and might. And then there were sub races for humans that give uh, an ability that was like the fighting ability. What was it called? Um, does anybody remember? Fighting spirit. That's what it was. Um, yeah, yeah. Which was the thing where um, uh, it affected accuracy and damage bonuses once you're you're reduced to like 50% of your endurance pool or something like that. So, yes, race is significant in that it's not just uh, a thing you click on and it does have uh, some effect. Um, what, what were your thoughts about how a race is handled in uh, Pillars and Eora in, in general? Anybody have any comments? I mean, it was the it was the traditional, um, you know, RPG style. You know, this race has this going on for them. That race has that going on for them, and kind of affecting uh, the gameplay through that. But I don't know how that would uh, translate into uh, skill based action RP first person action RPG. Um, I would say that it that um, you. The significance of your race, if you uh, will have the opportunity to choose it, will dwindle or it will be mostly aesthetic or, you know, for role playing purposes. Um, Because, you know, it would be a shame to, uh, let's say, um, since an Orlan is smaller, the Orlan cannot perform the uh, you know the jumping attack from a from a sprint action uh, as a warrior because you know for biological reasons or whatever so that would be I, I don't think that they're going for that um, yeah um, so but I mean for someone know, who's who's new to it I mean especially I mean obviously those who played pillars they're going to be familiar with those cores but I remember the first time I played Pillars, that was one of the things that set me apart. You know, it set it apart for me was that there was this new world with these races I'd never heard of. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's what's God like? What's an Orlan? What is a Omawa? I mean, what is, what is this stuff? I've never heard of it before. Yeah, we've had dwarves and elves and 
humans in everything, but they kind of uh, pushed it a little bit to make it uh, give it more flavor. But I, I think it goes even deeper than that because I think in Pillars, they really thought about um, these particular races, like what would be what would be a logical attribute modifier for a human versus a dwarf, for example. <laughs> yeah. um, and they put some thought into it. And I like that. I don't really necessarily see that going away. I mean, yeah, they could go towards the generic where it's again, just cosmetic. Um, but what do you guys think? Parenthesis, what do you think about that? Do you think they're going to stick with it pretty hard? And so that the choices you make early are going to affect those stat bonuses or do you think that they're going to do some sort of crazy um, astrological tree in the sky that you have to click and do points for? Oh, I definitely hope that they will stay true to the things we saw in Pillars of Eternity and Deadfire. That's, um, I, I mean, I mean, e even if you are, even if you're trying to become more popular, there's no point in just being a carbon copy of Skyrim. It's a I, th I think it would water down everything if they, if they didn't keep it to, to the fundamentals and and stay true to the races. I mean, we <clears throat> perhaps we they, they shouldn't go underboard with restrictions and extra perks, but I definitely feel that that it should be a uh, it should be a profound choice you make in this game. That now I want to play an all, and now I want to play an Amara. There should be a difference in in what you can do out of, right out of the gate and how people perceive you. Well, yeah, because that's that play that speaks to replayability, right? I mean, uh, it's funny because it's like as many times as I played Skyrim, I always kind of ended up being an archer that could, you know, I always kind of ended <laughs> up following the same path. I didn't want to, but you know, I it, it this the good thing about this system is it kind of forces you down that path. And that you pick this, it's gonna be a different experience for you to some extent. And you're gonna have different things you can do than you could have done with the other one instead of making it purely generic and saying that, oh, well, the dwarf and human, they can basically do the same thing the whole time. It's just one looks a little thicker around the waist or whatever, you know, it, it, Gingerino, you get what I'm saying? Do you think it should be restrictive or, or do you think we need they need to open it wide up and just make everybody generic? Um, I personally, I, I like that when you select a race that there's something unique about that. And I think Obsidian are the, the types to stick to that too. I know that there's like D&D &D said that they were changing the rules on race because they didn't want to, you know, get in hot water with how ra only certain races can do certain things and all that. But I mean, like Obsidian seem to be the type that value not only just choices in your game and having the impact from them, but also uh, in-depth characters and good role-playing. I mean, look at the look at the history of Obsidian. It's like it's rooted in deep role-playing games. So I, f I feel like if they were going to make different races, they would probably attach at least some attribute to that that is unique to that race so that you can role play the character a little better, that you have that. You know, if you're an Orlin, you're small, so you can fit in tight spaces that no other character can fit into, which will radically change the way you approach gameplay. Whereas if you're a Maon, you know, you're huge. And there's just some, there's some things that are naturally you're better at I, and so I don't know. I, I see them sticking to that, and I hope they do. And 
Yeah, but yeah, making it just cosmetic and generic. I don't know. That sounds kind of right. And, and some of them may have an affinity towards water, and some may not. And so that might be a difference as well. And that some can, you know, have a have are better in certain environments. Now, here's another question: Do do any of you feel like they're going to stray and and throw something at us we've never seen before? I know, I know. Aura is is grounded. It's 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 ground. Not to use that term. I know that it is um, a world that has been fleshed out. Right. Um, there's lots of lore. There's we know a lot about it. Right. Already. Um, are we going to get thrown a curveball and some other race is going to pop up for us to choose? Any thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some new kind of godlikes from. Uh, gods that we haven't seen yet i would say that that's a possibility you know depending on the narrative of the game yeah any other ones different god likes um maybe different sub races of other things just like in uh pillars of eternity 2 how we could do storm folk that was pretty different because of the the lore of reke from the the dlc i don't Maybe they'll make it let us play a, a Vithrak or a Naga. I doubt it, but man, that'd be great. Right, because as what if you're not familiar, what he's referring to is that there are sub races attached to certain races, and um, where in, in some there's really no difference. I believe, like the human, I don't even think there was any difference between like the three or four that you had for sub races. It was oh. it was mostly just like where they originated from, and they had very small differences. The skin color was a bit different, so it was. Mostly but cosmetic. There were some but- sub races that I remember that that did have some differences. Either it was in a, um, I'm trying to remember. Either it was like an ability that they had that they that the another sub race didn't have. Um, I think that could be utilized again. I don't think we're going to see another race. I don't think we're going to. I think they're going to stick to the basics. They're going to assume. Yeah. They're going to. They're going to look at this product as. We're trying to attract new people to this world. So let's stick with the basics. Let's let's stick with what we've got. These are the choices. But I also think, and I hope to gosh, that they stick with the format of every race is significantly different and plays differently and has different bonuses. I I don't want to see that go to the wayside. I think you can mix the two. I think you can have, you can still give choice right as you grow as you as you develop your character there's still going to be areas where you have choice but uh, it has to be different if you think about it like they they have to have racial differences because if if i play a fire god like where my head is literally on fire and i have sparks following me everywhere and i'm supposed to have this aura of power around me but i have the exact same statistics as an orlin and nothing special about me that kind of that kind of ruins the lore and the purpose behind a race like a fire god like or something you know right and it defeats the for people who enjoy role play or enjoy like kind of living in that world it really homogenizes everything it, it just it it makes everything gray there are no solid blacks and whites it's just so yeah i agree with you there let's Good. let's move on to class because i think class is something that everybody I know it was Reddit was really aflame talking about uh, thoughts about class. So if you're new to Pillars class classes, there's some that you've heard of before, and there's some that you 
you, I don't know, maybe you haven't, um, you know, the typical things like barbarian, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, priest, you've heard of all those before. There's a ranger, a rogue, a wizard. Um, but some one in particular that might catch your interest is the cipher, which is a very different uh, type of class. But another thing about classes in uh, Pillars of Eternity, especially Pillars of Eternity 2, is that, um, you know, you're given subclasses within a class. And then you also have multi-classing ability, um, which is basically where you uh, you gain access to the abilities of both classes, but you're never really allowed to become uh, the best in one particular class. If you choose multi-classing, you just have abilities of both. You just can't get their highest level ability in one particular class. Um, so uh, those kind of things are, are really interesting and I think are kind of different from some of the modern RPGs we see. It's still kind of different uh, with the subclasses and multi-classing. Um, how do you think that's going to translate? you think we're going to basically see the same structure um, or are they going to try to do something different? Hmm. This is a tough one. I've bounced around in my head about this a few times. I think personally, I think we'll see less options in Avowed for classes than we do in Pillars of Eternity. And I think that's just be based on the scope of the game itself. I think that they won't be able to implement that many classes uh, as easily as they could in something like Pillars of Eternity, which is an isometric CRPG. And I'm thinking in particular, like the Druid spirit shift ability, like depending on how they make the game, I don't know how well that'll translate into the mechanics. I obviously have know nothing about Avowed and its mechanics, but if the Druid ability to spirit shift is difficult to implement, then it might make less sense to have it. Or if you're a ranger, are you gonna have a animal companion with you? Does that add too much to the game? So I don't know if they'll have as many options for classes, honestly. Yeah, I mean parenthesis. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one at you, and you know how the the they have subclasses, right? Um, in Pillars of Eternity two, one example was uh, like the Druids, and where you would have uh, Fury, Life Giver, Shifter, Ancient, Water Shaper. These are all kind of pushing you in a direction. Do you feel that? That will not work well in the type of game that Avowed is going to be because each of these choices that you make is definitely pushing you in a direction into a type of play, um, not just uh, favoring one combat role over another, which, yes, it does, but it kind of really pushes you into a style of play and there in kind of limits what you're doing at level one. I mean, it doesn't, but it does a little bit. Do you feel that will work in the type of game that Avowed is going to be? Uh, I think so, yes. Uh, I don't... If there's anything... I mean, I think that would actually be a thing they might might keep as a kind of a specialization. I think I've seen that around in, in, in AAA. But if, if they're going to cut anything, they might cut a few of the, of the mainline classes and their associated subclasses. And also uh, multi-classing. That's that's what I feel is 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 for the chopping block. If they are if they they're going in that direction. Interesting. I had actually thought multi-classing would be more op more of an option in Avowed. 
I guess it depends but, on the systems. Like if, yeah. if they do, if they do something like uh, like Elder Scrolls Online, where you have each each kind of class has it has kind of a tree, and you can put your abilities. You know, you have like six slots or whatever, something like that. You can multi-class, quote unquote, because it, you inherently multi-class because you only have six options for abilities, and you can mix and match those abilities for per per class or per tree. So technically, I would consider that kind of a multi-class system, right? Yeah, that's what I would think as well. And I kind of feel like about would go in that direction, but then again, I I don't really know. Yeah, I also feel like they they would go like this ability tree kind of direction where then, okay, you have a limited number of trees where you can choose the abilities from probably two in this case because two constitutes a multi-class. But, um, but yeah, um, it's just a different system than an isometric RPG. And yeah, some things are, as you guys said, some things are harder to do than others. Will you be disappointed if they move away? Let's say I'm going to give you a hypothetical. You know, maybe they are already thinking ahead to expansions or DLC or whatever. And and basically they come out with fighter, druid, paladin, priest, ranger, rogue or something like that. Or maybe they're doing like kind of what parenthesis was hinting to and, and cutting out some of those completely and only starting with like five or four and then. Um, maybe not even offering as many options to subclass into um, and then taking that and pushing it into a skill tree um, instead of actually asking or, or anything like that, but like pushing it into a tree. Would you be disappointed in that? Because that's definitely moving towards a Skyrim model. No, I wouldn't be. Personally, I wouldn't be disappointed. I'm happy with both options. I've played games that have both systems and i love all of those games just as much so i don't know no hot take here sorry i i actually am going to disagree i'm going to say that i will be a little disappointed if it if it's uh whitewashed well that's not the word i should use i will be disappointed if it is uh generic and i feel like that's going in the generic route i feel like a sacrificing uh, unique gameplay diff- for um, choice down the road would be a mistake because I think that's what sets Pillars of Eternity apart. I know, I understand it's ISMS, I understand it's a tactical game, it's different, but still keep those differences. Find a way to adhere to what you've already built. The fewer changes, the better, in my opinion. And um, I am totally, one thing I will say though, is I'm totally against multi-classing. I think it was a bad <laughs> idea for Pillars of Eternity too. I think it was, oh, I understand it's challenge, more challenging in some aspects, but I think it's horrible. It's just a terrible idea. And kind of like what you were saying, there are other ways to achieve that feeling of multi-classing without actually saying I'm two different, completely different classes, you know? <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I liked from multi-classing was the names of the the multi-classes. That was that part was cool. The rest of it I could not have taken. Yeah, that was really nice. But um, what I just thought of, you know, if that's why they are taking so long with the development of the game, that you know they are um, making sure 
that all this replayability is there that you know the classes are unique and you can there are multiple paths and then your your race because you're in Orland you can solve things in different ways if if that's it's if that's what takes so long then you know we are this is all okay like then it's it's awesome but um you know it's uh so we'll we'll, we'll find it out i'm wondering because like i agree with sora that it generic would be bad but i don't feel like obsidian really runs with generic i'd almost wonder if they're going to do something like a hybridization of class selection and also building your class as you go because you know like when we play pillars of eternity depending on the character you have you have a unique power pool so like if you're a fighter you have discipline if you're a monk you have your wounds if you're a wizard you have your arcana and i wonder if you can select one of these power pools at the beginning of the game, and that has a completely unique set of traits and abilities. But as you play the game, you can branch into other um, power pools if you wish. You, that means you can't go as deep into one of them, but that way you could kind of dabble in another one or two uh, without really wrecking your character. And it would allow for multi-classing. It would allow you to make a unique character, but also you'd still be... I feel like you'd be motivated to stick to one or two of these power pools because you'd want to get deeper into the abilities. I'm all for, uh, uh, how would I say it? I, I, I'm all for, uh, holding things back from a player when they get further in a game. I would love it if I'm chatting with somebody who's playing a different class uh, than I am or subclass even. And, um, I discover that I can do something they can't or vice versa. They can, they can now do something I can never do. It's never going to be available to me. It's not in the stars, quote unquote, it's (laughs) never available. It's, and so what that does for a player, you, you work with what you have. There's there's kind of a strategy to it, right? It's not every, you have to kind of adapt and you have to learn what with what you have, but also it, it encourages you. You're like, oh, I wonder what it was like if I could use that. So let me go back. Now, the counter argument, I'll be devil's advocate here for that is, of course, um, you're going to make me play that first 10 hours again. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Uh-huh. So maybe they come well, and, up with some sort of system, you know. And they could lock you. it out where you can't branch into every single tree. Like they might say, okay, you got to pick this one tree at the beginning. And then as you play the game, you can dabble in one or two, but that's it. Like you can't go into every single ability tree or class or subclass. You can only maybe dabble in a couple different ones at a time, which would encourage you to pick different ones in a replay, but also lets you experiment with more than just the one choice you had at the start of the game, not even understanding how it works. I think that's going to be, if, if I'm, if I was going to point to one thing about character creation, that's going to be the most interesting to see what they do. I'm going to say class because I feel like the other areas are, yeah, they're fairly generic. Although I I'm bet we're about to get into culture and background and things like that. But um, I think, that's going to be critical. When we hear about how they're handling class, that's going to really tell us what kind of game they're trying to create. And and if they create a, a you know a, a Skyrim light, that's fine. Uh, it'll be a great game. But <clears throat> we'll know. I think class is what's mm. going to tell us. Are they going to go? Are they going to go hardcore? 
Are they going to go hardcore with what they, we know? Are they even going to give us the option? What if they prescribe a class to you? Like, what if that you just everyone's a cipher, no matter what? <laughs> that you roll a dice, yeah, yeah. Not Damn, even I roll that. The six it's again. Every single person. You load up the game. You're a you're a human cipher. Nobody gets to choose. It's just a prescribed character in a story. Oh yeah, like Dragon Age Two style. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. Oh oh, um, now man. the next I, on the list um, is attributes, um, and there, so there's basically six attributes in the game. There's might, dexterity, intellect, constitution, perception, resolve, um, and then of course so there's like several attributes are derived from these core attributes, um, where you can allocate points during character creation. Um, this is a fantasy generic, pretty much. I mean, you know, resolve, but it's called something else in another game. So, um, it, and it, we still kind of basically see this system being used and, and distributing points in that way. Or do you think they're going to try to do something to shake up the genre a little bit? I, I honestly think that they're going to do something similar to what they did in Outer Worlds, which it's been a while, but like I think they have their stats, might, whatever, whatever was inside Pillars, um, and you put up those like attributes, and then maybe there are like substats like like bow and like, like, like inside Outer Worlds, how it's like small guns and rifles or whatever, and, and depending on, on like might, might, like affect three or four of those stats versus dexterity affecting three or four of other stats. So depending on, on how you build those attributes, it'll, it'll change like the, the, the substats. That's interesting. And that, you know, you're probably right because they've, they've just used that model, right? That, that was uh post POE two, right? So yeah, that was their latest system. If you would call it that, um, that uses it. It depends how much they want to model Avowed after the Outer Worlds because they want this game to be distinct, not just in terms of aesthetics, but even the mechanics, right? It's like if you play a Bethesda game, you have Elder Scrolls Skyrim, you have Fallout. They're from the same company. You can definitely see that DNA across them, but the mechanics of how you level up your character are different. And I feel like that those differences matter in game design. So they, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I actually think... They won't stick with this the Outer Worlds model. I think they'll do something at least a little different to make it its own thing and not have people just be like, oh, this is a fantasy Outer Worlds clone. Yeah, no, I totally I totally get what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I almost am swayed by the the Outer Worlds argument. I kind of I kind of think that might be just a you know, and, and I don't see them reinventing the wheel here i i don't i don't feel that this is a software where they're going to do that i feel like what they're trying to do their main focus is not to reinvent the wheel but to adapt this concept for a larger audience i think that's what my guess is their goal they want more people to experience aura they want more people to play in this world what will we change from the old system to the new system even with just attributes to make it a little bit easier but also keep some of the charm and the uh ingenuity that we used in the in the earlier so i think they're just going to have to meet halfway and we don't know what the halfway point is so um 
One thing that I was I did want to talk about, this is something I do actually really like about Pillars of Eternity, is that basically any race and class can be from any background. Um, and now yeah. that's not as big a deal, but back when POE1 came out, that was kind of a big deal. That was different um, in that you could your your culture choice you know would would give you specific attributes i don't remember any other thing allowing you to do that um your culture choice also affected things like starting equipment of course and which was quickly replaced but uh all of the available cultures in there um you know like living lands or or the white that wins or any of that all have different bonuses based on that particular culture so they're really kind of digging down and i mean some could argue that they're doing the role play for you but as long as they're giving you that choice up front i think it's refreshing that your race and class did not determine your culture is what i'm trying to say i agree uh, that that was which in most really games nice. they yeah. do if you think about it if you think about it uh the character creation in in a lot of crpgs but also pillars is doing a lot of heavy lifting because there's kind of two goals to it. There's creating your character, obvious stuff, um, but also introducing you to the world. Like a veteran creating a character is going to have a completely different context to character creation than than a, a new person, um, and both are, are are valuable. And I think pillars had this thing where when you when you look at like like background and culture you're like oh that's cool like i wipe the wins that sounds really cool but like when you come in the second time you you're looking at it for the stats you're like oh i need because i'm a, a veteran i need you know my dexterity needs to be a certain point i'm playing this on on a new hard mode so like i'm choosing it based off of that and i think that kind of dual like uh, i guess reason for creating a character or way for creating character is cool and it's something that a lot of crpgs do that games like Skyrim, I don't think do at all. So I'm worried that, that it would go away. How do you feel uh, parenthesis that uh, the choice of culture will translate? And do you feel like that our modern society now is going to embrace something like that? Or do you think that people aren't going to really care? I don't think people are going to throw a huge fuss about this. Um, I, I think it makes sense that, that you're, profession and your your background would, would influence it i mean if you worry about what's going to happen with it then just makes it, it a with if it's a mechanical thing it's just make it small and inconsequential but still being there as a kind of a as a nuance of your character yeah i mean in a way and and i don't necessarily it is forcing RP, but I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't have a problem with, again, you starting out as a specific combination of being. You're, you're, the fact that culture precedes race, meaning that it's, it's more important where characters are raised than what race they were born into. That is just a cool concept. I mean, and, and that was unique, in my opinion, to Pillars when it came out. Um, and it kind of pushes you to be more of a role player, to really kind of identify with this culture, right? Gives you the freedom to really embrace it and identify with it. Now, does anybody want to remember backgrounds? How are backgrounds different from culture? Does anybody want to explain that one? Uh, certain cultures, whatever one you picked, 
you would have different backgrounds that you could select from from there. So like if you pick the living lands as your culture where you hailed from as a person, then there would be a subset of backgrounds which were usually kind of like occupations or status that you could pick from. That's how it, that's how it would work. Right, and you had many. You had uh, uh, artist was one. I think clergyman was one. Wasn't clergyman well, was, res- was restricted to like Adair? Or I don't remember. There's one uh, that Adair was only did a- have clergyman. Um, yeah. If you picked Ixadamil, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, you could pick philosopher. I'm pretty sure philosopher was exclusive to that culture. And then there were some light clergymen, which you could pick as your background. Um, I think there are, there's two or three cultures that had that as a background but yeah it depended where you came from the occupation you would have yeah and it's uh, it's just fascinating because yet again it's it's pushing the limits of rp in a way that people aren't used to like a lot of games that we've played that are rpgs they'll have a box or a, a place where you could even type your own information oh you know and who knows maybe this one will do the same but this is not like that. This is a choice. This is a specific specific to uh, large geographical regions um, and occasionally restricted by your culture choices, like Gingerino said. Um, you're, it's mainly for role-playing purposes, but I like it. I like that you're forced. I think that what I'm getting at is there's a big difference here. If you're new to this game and they're following along the pillars path, this is not your typical role-playing game where you can be whatever you want to be. And I hope it isn't like that. This is where you can make choices to be something that logically exists within the world that makes sense for this world that you inhabit. Does that make any sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, mean I, I feel this I, I feel the same. I'm 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 also expecting that from from a from a game that I play and has like a developed uh like uh game world. Um I ju- I also just find it more um more interesting to not you know not just try and um uh, impart my own person on the game world or who I am but to actually imagine a character in the game world um, who would realistically exist in that game world and then uh, and then you know uh, f- see what's up with that they also it also ties back to the systems right because like some backgrounds you know NPCs will react to your background like they have specific reactions based off of uh, where you're from or what your like occupation was or you so like if they have something like that I think it's really important because it grounds you in the world you know if you if you're from the white that wins and someone says oh you're a long way from home because they know you're from the white that wins that is cool and that makes me feel like I'm part of the world you know? Yeah, having it adapt, having the world adapt to what your choices are. I mean, that's not necessarily new, or, but it is something that I value and I think is important to give flavor to this this game that you're playing, but also make you feel like you're part of this uh, ecosystem, this entire uh world now i mean i know that there's been projected that it's in the living lands um but we know that you know that 
I, I think it's going to be everything goes like you're not just going to only be able to be from the living lands is, you know, I think that they're going to let you be whatever you can be. Now, I did want to jump into one that can be slightly controversial, but we'll see what you guys think about it. Um, the idea of appearance. So we have many models for this that we've from games that we've played. And obviously, um, for the most most games, this has no effect on um the way you look has no effect on the gameplay, right? In most games, that's a, a personal choice. It's a creative choice. Um, do you feel, though, that your appearance should be... Well, we can't even talk about pillars because there really was no... <laughs> there really wasn't a system for that in pillars. So, I mean, yes, there was, but let's be honest. So, in the modern RPG, it's it's... You have bone structure. I mean, there's crazy some of the things you can do. Do you think that Obsidian is going to go that path? Or do you think that appearance is going to be limited to your race and culture choices? I mean, are they going to let you make an oral lamb that's six feet tall? I mean, are they... Uh, you think they're going to do that? I think they're going to restrict it, but I, uh, but I think the restriction is going to be somewhat malleable. You can have a higher, uh, a taller Orlin or uh, a, a smaller Orlin, but you can't make an Orlin that is as tall as an Amawa. Right. And I, and I hope that's the path they choose. Now, uh, Remeran, I'm curious, when, from games that you've played, um, do you what is your preference for this appearance? Do you prefer the game to kind of give you some templates and just kind of pick and choose like click, click and click? Or do you want it to go down to the cyberpunk level of like bone structure and genitalia? What are you looking for? I mean, I think genitalia is a little too far, but I think uh, I would I want I mean, with any RPG, I want more choice more options as much as many options as i possibly i mean i'm selfish in that way in that i want as many options as i possibly can get um and i like things where like like some races are like just naturally bigger than others i remember back in everquest where if you were a, a large race and you went to uh like the halfling area you couldn't even fit in their houses like you literally could not walk into their houses which no game does anymore but i feel like that's such a like cool kind of you know, idea. So I, I want more choice. And, and I agree with you there. Lazar, what do you think about that? Are you looking for like, are you looking to even be able to go beyond what parenthesis was saying? Do you think they could, should let you pretty much do what you want? Um, since we're probably never going to see our face anyway. Um, or do you think it should be restricted within the world that you're playing in as such as, you know, uh, Omawa are huge and big and, there's only small variations. Yeah. Which way do you uh, lean? I mean, I just, I just like to, you know, adhere to the to the diegetic, um, you know, narrative or rules that you know that uh, developers came up with or the writers came up with. Um, so yeah, like I, I would, I, I'm on the same page as parenthesis on this one. I think like, um, I also like choice. I, I also like as many choices as I, um, as, 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 as I can possibly, uh, possibly have. 
but at the same time, that can become overwhelming as when to as well to other people who don't like choices very much. Um, so I'm willing to uh, compromise on, on on that front a bit. Um, but uh, but uh, but at the same time, I would like to I would like to stay true to um, uh, to how the world makes sense. So having an Orlan as big as a, an Amawa doesn't really make sense diegetically. So I don't think we need that kind of option. Now, in small details, uh, I was just going to say small details, like, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think even sub-races, like, I'm pretty sure pale elves inside pillars are the, are the only elves that can, that can grow beards. And the, uh, the, the wood elves couldn't, if I remember correctly. And I think that stuff is cool. Yeah, it's part oh, of yeah, the... Oh, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's part of the world you're in. I think that that stuff needs to be adhered to, and I think they need to stick with that. I'm I'm of the feeling that you don't give them too much freedom. Now, the, the if I'm going to be devil's advocate, you know, it is a single-player game, right? So who gives... Who cares? Um, you know, your game, you paid for it. Um, if you want to make a, or, uh, an Orland that's six feet tall, let them do it. Um you know, it's not going to affect gameplay anyway, so who cares? Um, and then the other argument would be that, um, you know, uh, by locking in things, you're, you're limiting uh, a person's connection with the game. You know, they're not allowed to um, do different, make things look in a way that they're comfortable with, whatever that would be. And uh, there's a lot of people that don't like presets at all. You know, they, they want full on control. So I, they're, it's a, it's a tight rope. They're going to have to walk it right in between, because like I said, their main goal in this game is not to restrict the number of people that are going to want to play it. They're going to try to make this as not, they're going to try to make this as playable and as attractive as possible to everyone. Now I will say in general, we, that's pretty much all you can do in pillars. You have of course, voice and, and name. And, you know, we talked about attribute distribution, but uh, is there anything in the pillars of eternity character creation that is fat? Like, do you feel like any of the options or choices were kind of useless or they were clutter? Um, and they just extended character creation without having a real effect on play? Or do you think that they might even go the other way and just add more stuff um, and make the process even longer? I mean, there are some games I've heard people for, I haven't played it yet, but um, Baldur's Gate 3, people saying they spent like two hours working on just their character. Um, Do you think they're going to try to trim some of the fat? Uh, Is that Obsidian's kind of way of doing things? Or do you feel like they're going to um, just go for the go for the gusto with this thing and just make it make it its own game creating your characters its own game in and of itself what do you think of that hmm i see them chewing the fat down a little bit but then also adding something else in that's kind of my prediction is that they'll they'll change the character creation so it's appropriate for the the type of game it is with you know first person action rpg versus an isometric crpg but i think then they'll also use that that style of delivery to the benefit of character creation so i expect to see some things lost but also some new things added is there anything in particular you would cut Uh, oh man if it was up to me i would cut nothing but um i'm kind of a nerd about this stuff um i don't i don't know what i would cut if i had the choice 
I liked all the options, even the ones in Pillars of Eternity that I didn't use. I liked the roleplay aspect of of it just being there just to make my character more filled out. You know, I would if I was a developer of the game, I would cut classes or races or anything that were either not helpful to the avowed experience or were too uh, taxing on the game system. Like the, if it was something that's just too hard to put in the game, it's going to take too many man hours to create it, then I'd probably cut things like that. But I would also try to add something new to the world, especially if it has something to do specifically with the story of Avowed. I'd really beef out Cypher if I could, though. Like I'd really go to town on the the mind powers aspect. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What is it called? Psionics? You know, that whole, that oh, whole yeah. type. I would love yeah. that stuff. I mean, Chanter's my favorite. But uh, there's a lot of potential with Cypher that I think they could really tap into. Yeah, and now that you say cutting classes, I, I don't know uh, how much sense a chanter makes. Uh, I know. This, I, I no, hate that. Like first, first person action <laughs> yeah, RPG. I think you're right. And it's confusing to people who are new to the game, right? It's confusing. It's like, why do I have a wizard? What's, if, what's confusing uh, about it? You say a bunch of magic words and shit happens. There you go. Like, yes. that's all it is. Yes. It's pretty simple, I, actually. No. Chanter <laughs> is my favorite because in my mind, I think about this person who's like, in combat just like with you know sword to sword and hitting people with shields and da- but they're like dancing around singing a, a a weird ancient song at the same time as ah oh, i just it sounds so badass i love chanter class me too yeah i think they're gonna take out if 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 anything they're gonna take out chanter <laughs> makes sense even though it's one of my favorite classes but also subclasses like the paladin subclasses where it's tied to a system like the morality system where it doesn't really change the class that much and it just adds some lower reason which is a shame because i love like the bleak walker paladins and 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 the uh st- paladins of the steel garrow things like that but that's probably in the chopping block, I think. I can see what you're saying. Personally, I hope they keep those. And actually, I hope they implement the disposition system to every class as an option. Like, if you pick any class, you could also say, hey, by the way, what god do you worship, if any? I was going to get <laughs> into that. I was going to say, would they make religion a choice? Because, I mean, obviously, we, I mean, spoilers aside, there's some knowledge we have about that. But, is that is that going to be part of it too? Maybe choosing a uh, allegiance to. I hope so. I hope that because it really it was so nice to have a mechanical reward or punishment for your role play of the character you had. I, I really valued that. Like if I was a a priest of a certain class, and then if I misbehaved, quote unquote, that there was there was an actual impact for that because then in a way I was role playing my character having a moral quandary and having to do something they didn't believe in and suffering for it but they they, they knew it was right or wrong in some way shape or form like I liked that and I I really wanted that to happen in more than just priest and paladin personally um, I mean I think what I think what they're gonna do is take it out because of all the reasons we said but I think it gives an opportunity to do something like Skyrim quest line where you do a quest line for Wodica, you know what I mean? And there's like a, 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 cho- a choice post character creation, I think is even cooler because then you have the context that you need to make that choice. 
Well, that's, that's I, I love the idea of, of locking content behind choices. I mean, and a lot of people would say that's horrible, but I think that's great. You Based on the choices you make at the beginning, you might get different content options than someone else. That's even better. That I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Could you imagine if there was only a, a like three or four gods that you had access to their side quests if you had to pick a religion at the beginning? That would offer more replay value, but it would lock content out. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a fascinating idea, Gingerino. I I love that. I hope that they're listening and that they take that into account because I that would make it. No game does that, right? I mean, what what other? No, game it's a ballsy really, thing to do for sure. And it definitely, and that kind of takes us into this whole argument of modern culture and how sensitive should. So one of the things I love about Obsidian, and this you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they are unapologetically th themselves. They're like, you like us or you don't, tough. This is what we're doing. This is who we are, tough. You don't like story? Go play something else. You know, I feel like they embrace who they embrace who they are, and I love that. Um, but sometimes that this can is backfire, not a game like, for little babies. This is right. a big man and woman's game because we'll affirm both sides. Or anyone well, should, else, really. Should, should they even be concerned with things like inclusivity or bias or, or racism or sexism or exploitation? Uh, does any of that play into character creation at all? Or do they just say, screw it? If you're offended, big deal. Doesn't seem to, does it? I'm kind of disappointed about that in Pillars. Like, if I played in Orlin, I didn't really feel that oppressed. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, God forbid you were, what was the, uh, I mean, this is, I mean, you could choose to be a slave, right? And if you, and if you ex think about it this way. And well, your this, background is a slave. That's what you're running Yes, your from. background is a slave, right. And you could create a, a dark skin character. You know, and what I'm saying is if you give freedom to the user, too much creativity that can then, that character they create can then reflect their own bias, racism, sexism, narratives. I mean, am I, am I just sounding like an idiot here? Yes, I know I am. But you got to be honest, in this culture that we're in now, people are being held accountable for a lot less. So, I yeah. don't know. I guess it depends if there's like a, an online mode where people can see that kind of thing. But I mean, I guess people post their their playthroughs all the time. But I mean, that's just personal consequence at that point that you have to deal with for making choices to post the way you play games into the world and the choices you make and why. What about importing a character? Do you think that's going to be a possibility? I know it's not, but I'm just throwing well, it out there. I mean, if it was, if it was going to be directly correlated to one of the two games, I could see them, I could see them maybe not importing a character, but I could see them giving you maybe like a rubric or a thing to choose from that, that what your character, what your character chose from those games. A descendant of one of your previous characters would yeah. have, you could have some sort of uh, tattoo or flag or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like some kind of hint. I think like it'd be cool. I don't, possible. I don't think it'll happen. Personally. Well, it'd be Sorry. so hard. Doesn't Dragon Age do something where, like, you you do a little bit of character creation for the previous main characters? Because I know yes. each, each, yeah, each one you play a different main character. It's amazing, and I feel and like I love that. It, that'd be cool to be like, well, what did the wa who's the watcher? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the time period. Again, we'll get back into that argument, like when is this happening? But yeah, if it's a sequel to POE2, there's a lot of things we know. And if it isn't, if it happened uh, 300 years before POE1, then there's certain things we also know. So... I, I'm a, who knows? That's the big question. So let's let's just take a quick step sidestep and let's talk about. I want to get you guys your opinion on games that you played that you think they got it right. Like if you if avowed somebody from a avowed development team came to you and said, "Hey, what what character creation system really spoke to you other than Pillars?" I'm not going to let you pick Pillars because I know Ginger <laughs> picked Pillars. But I do love what, it. What, which one spoke to you what, that we could learn from that you want us to study? Um, is there anyone in particular? Now, um, I, a lot of them pop in my head. I think there's some out there that have done some crazy cool things. Um, I'm going to even go back in time and show my age here. Um, and I'm not saying that they'll ever do this, but I loved the system. Dungeon Siege, the original Dungeon Siege game from 2002. It only lets you pick... Uh, gender, hair, head, and skin. And then, boom, you're in the game. And I just, I love that. It's because you it's your choices that you're, while you're playing the game that determines your your class, your skills, and your attributes. As your, your character grew as it played, the more magic you used, you became more of a magic user. You gained spells and abilities the more you did it. The more you used a bow, you became more skilled with ranged attacks. You know, it was just a really cool system. But... Aside from that, there's some others that I think have are known for their customizations. If you've ever played Black Desert Online, its character creation oh system is insane. I mean, it there's a couple of things I love about that. And there's one thing in particular. One of the things I liked about it, obviously, it's robust and you can change everything from your bone structure to the length of your arms. It's ridiculous. But... One thing they did do is they had something called a beauty album. If any of you have ever played it, I love the idea of a beauty album. So the way a beauty album worked was um, you would go into it and choose the beauty album. And basically their servers would keep uh, people would upload some of their characters. Obviously, they would approve them, but they would create this album of pre-generated characters by other fans who played the game. So they would upload their characters and you could pick some of those as your base or just go with the, what they had. I mean, we're talking about you could pick from hundreds. So I, I think that's awesome. I would love to see something like that because I would love to see what other people have created. And maybe I'm not that artistic and... So, so that's a system I thought that they could integrate into this one. Another one that I game I want to mention before you guys are thinking about your game was, um, uh, I think Fantasy Star Online Two was the one I was thinking of where it did what Parenthesis kind of said, and it 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 limits you physical appearance pretty distinctly, um, and it made it so that users couldn't break the anime aesthetic make their characters look out of place in the world so that's a model that was successful that that went the other way and said no 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 we're not going to let you make a six foot tall uh, orlon we're not going to do that um so that that's an interesting choice um you know dragon age inquisition was another one that was popular where you use like pre-made face parts lots of sliders and that kind of thing <clears throat> and obviously we talked about cyberpunk I never played Elden Ring, but I've heard you could create some crazy stuff with that, like bigger <laughs> eyes, a, longer arms. 
one arm is longer than the other. Is that true? I don't know. I've never <laughs> there's played some, it. There's some fun mechanics in the old, in the from software games. The the similar face button is my favorite. <laughs> what does that do? Uh, it takes a face that you have and you hit a button and it generates, uh, I think, like nine options of similar faces. Like the facial structure is a little bit similar. So that way, if you want, you can choose one that's just, if it's not working for you. But the fun thing is, is that if you hit the similar face button over and over again, the face becomes distorted in such a way that is unrecognizable as a face after a while. It's a, it's a delightful thing. So anyway, I've given you a lot of time here. Do you, does anybody want to chime in and tell me of a system they played where they think uh, they that Obsidian could steal either something from or maybe uses a model as they, as they develop? which we know is already probably developed at this point, but just a fun conversation. Anybody want to throw out a game? Yes, I have one. I don't know if Obsidian, uh, anyone on Obsidian knows of it. It's it's a little obscure thing. It's, it's called Tyranny. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I should have thought of Tyranny. I should have thought of, okay, tell us about Tyranny. I, I think it's published by some, by, by some obscure Swedish studio. Anyways, um, and of course, uh, jokes aside, it's it's made by, by Obsidian themselves, um, and it had this conquest mode, where where after you've picked all your you after you've actually made your character, you went through the conquest of the tears. We don't have time to go into the law of, of tyranny, but you conquered. You were part of an army that invaded an area and conquered it. And it tells of your exploits in this game through a some fairly simple either binary or trinary choices. And the point here is that it's a, a system that is a mechanical part, kind of part of the character generation, but sets your reputation up in this area. It gives you a back history. And I often find that uh, role-playing games often have a very, a fairly long uh, zeroth act or first act where you have to go through the motions to set up things before the world opens up like Arinicus's Dungeon or Port Marget in, in Deadfire. And I feel that if you had some kind of mechanical system like this, like you, you might actually give the necessary exposition to the player through this system, make meaningful choices, and, and, and then be on our way in the actual gameplay quicker. And I think that, 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 that everyone, in, especially the people who have terminal restartitis, and he really needs to go back and make a new character, would appreciate that, that he don't have to go through uh, the same dialogues with the same characters again and again each time they have to re-roll. I, I can't believe I forgot about that because that is an absolute genius suggestion. Um, when obviously, they're familiar with it, but do they... You know, would they take? I think that would be brilliant. I mean, what do you guys think about the suggestion? I like that. Uh, honestly, I, I love that idea. Like, really getting into your character's history as part of their creation and how what their place in the world that you're going to play in is. Uh, that's that's great. I love that having a sense of identity on second one of the gameplay. Yeah, I mean, I love that as part of the character creation. That to me is a fantastic idea. Any other games anybody wants to throw out? I personally like. I, I personally liked, uh, and this is just a class thing, and it's not even part of technically character creation, but uh, Oblivion system where they give you this like tutorial level, and 
you 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 try out all these spells and then they suggest you know like oh, oh you're yeah. obviously a mage you know what i mean that i think like that was Marwin really kind, creative yeah i love that morrowind kind of did it but not in in a good way where oblivion actually gives you a decent amount of time to try out everything and then gives you the suggestion versus yeah, morrowind that- i think you just make a choice yeah, it takes that Dungeon Seeds thing I was talking about. It basically takes that path and that it, it doesn't go as far as Dungeon Seed did. But it, it's like you fight the way you want through this getting out of prison. But right when you're about to walk out and see the sunlight, um, here's what we think the kind of player you are. And that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think that would be a cool choice or a cool option that you could click off a box and say, you know, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, you have to build that in, obviously, to the design. You, you, but it, you, good suggestion. I totally forgot about that. That was so that cool. So cool. I never even thought about that. Matt, if they don't have that now, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> All right. Who else? Somebody who hasn't mentioned a game. Mention a game you played that you love the character creation. Uh, one for me was, and this it's not cheating necessarily, but it's kind of character creation outside of the initial character creation, was a, a game called Game Deck. I don't know if you guys remember me talking about that a while yes, ago. Yes, I do, yeah. I, I hated and loved how they lock you into choices throughout the game. That was a great thing. But one thing I loved about Game Deck is that as you played the game, you were... Um, making choices in your dialogue and performing actions that rose your rank in certain things and you use those ranks to purchase professions. So at some point, my character in the game deck, I became a hacker, you know, or I became a um, content creator or something like that. I like the idea of as you're playing the game, you're very clearly developing skills in a certain occupation or in a certain work set. And then I like the idea of the game responding that saying like, hey, we're going to add, you know, professional blacksmith to your character as part of your traits just because you've been doing stuff like that. Um, I'd like them to go bigger than that, obviously. I'd like there to be something really tied to the system where as you play the game, the game responds saying that like you have entered into this new type of person almost. I don't know exactly how they want would want to implement that, but I loved that in Game Deck that I could branch into different professions based on the choices and actions I'd performed in the game. Cause it makes sense, right? Like that's how you, that's how you move into different jobs. That's how you become a different type of person or you like move into podcasting even, you know, like you just develop certain skills and you try different things and now you're proficient at it. And I, I like, I really value that in game deck. I love that. I think it's genius in a small way. This isn't the same thing, but in a small way, that's kind of like what they tried to do with Outer Worlds and that you're, you know, like when you would get into conversations and certain options were available to you and certain weren't because you've been developing a certain skill or something like that. So uh, I think that that would be a possibility that they could do something along those lines. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, maybe almost like, you know, how they had the flaw system. In Outer Worlds, like oh, that, yeah. but not for flaws, <laughs> but for right, the, right. The, the things you're actually doing well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys games? have. I don't know if you guys have played uh, Dungeon Runners. Uh, it was an it was an MMO, like a dungeon based uh, fantasy MMO, RPG, and there it's basically um, so you could uh, you could change. 
like it was uh, it was the classic like hot bar uh, system where you know you had to place the skills that you have uh, on the hot bar and then you could use those in battle and then you usually had uh, or after a, a period of, 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 of playing the game, you usually had like more uh, more abilities, more skills than you had space on the hotbar. And um, the, the game would assign to you a class based on what abilities you momentarily had on your hotbar. And I, I just found it very interesting and very genius. Well, that's cool. I'm just looking it up now. That's interesting. That was uh, came out what in 2007. I'm like, that's cool. I know. I'm I'll, that also. Can't. If you're gonna if you're gonna give us genitals, don't give us like big, large, and small. Give us a slider. Come on. Don't right. don't punk out like Cyberpunk did. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, that? Hopefully, Ridiculous. that's not gonna be a choice. But. <laughs> It, I, I can understand that it made sense for the world that you were playing in in Cyberpunk. It kind of, I mean, they they had sex workers. I mean, yeah, so it kind of, I guess it fit into that adult theme that they were going with. But, um, I mean, hell, for the first first year I played that stupid game, I couldn't even look in the mirror to see myself. So, uh, uh, they fixed that now. But, anyway, Now you can on. see your giant wang all you want. Oh, good. You swing it back and forth. Okay. You know what? You know what's something that we we haven't talked about yet that is in a bunch of RPGs and it's purely aesthetic, but age. I feel oh, like yeah. that is really cool. Point. That I hope they have, and just because I just think it's cool, it makes you feel like you can build your character your way. I've always oh, like I've that. always been disappointed with that though because I feel like if you lived sixty years. You have a lot of wisdom and knowledge and skills that you've done. <laughs> like there should be something no, more than just you look old now. I see it the way I see it like Dungeons and Dragons, where uh, your adventuring career starts at starts now. If that makes sense, right? I yes. don't know. Yeah, you are, you were a, you were a tavern owner for so long, but you just finally got decided. Uh, you know, I'm going to die in ten years. I want to go out and. Let something kill me. So good for you. <laughs> Yay. Um, so we don't really have time for um, emails today, but what I wanted to do was uh, go through some of the comments. We had some uh, people who reacted on Reddit when we asked them about what they thought about the Pillars of Eternity system for character creation and what changes they thought they should see um, in a modern RPG like Avowed, specifically for Avowed. Um, so I'm going to run through a couple of these and you let you guys react if you want to. Um, uh, one is, uh, I'm going to massacre these names. Uh, Doshenik. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, he says, honestly, I think the POE character creation uh, doesn't really need to be changed. I prefer classes to classless systems though obviously classes would look pretty different in an Elder Scroll-like RPG and backgrounds and culture are a great way to create uh, flavor for your character. The only real change I would like to see is more options to customization of our appearance, um, but I'm assuming that'll be given. Avald won't be isometric after all. Uh, it will probably resemble the systems in Outer Worlds, um, which I, I actually agree with that. I think 
we keep talking about what we think we're going to see. And I think we've kind of already seen it. Right. I think they're. Yes, it'll be different. It's not going to be Outer Worlds 3, but it's still going to they worked hard on developing those systems and they're going to pull a lot from that i would assume especially for appearance and things like that um the other one that talked about that uh is purified venom who said i assume full physical appearance customization is a given and i'm hoping the game doesn't have a voice protagonist but if it does hopefully we'll have multiple voice choices now that is an interesting topic what do you guys think of that do you want a voice protagonist Nope. I want them to give me an AI voice thing where I speak into <laughs> it saying certain things and then it mimics my voice as best as possible through the rest of the game. Next, there. anybody I think, else? <laughs> I think the problem I think the problem with, with having voice protagonists are that if you do a voice protagonist, the lines, even if you're saying exactly the lines that are written, the inflection isn't necessarily what you feel like you would say. So like you might say something and then he, he says, or your voice says the same thing, but in a sort of like a cocky attitude. And I'm like, I wouldn't say that at all. So uh, that was wrong choice, you know, and it takes me out. So. Yeah. It's a risk for sure. Also, it's a shit ton of time in development to just record all the, all the audio lines. Yeah, it's, it's a lot yeah, of dev and- time to do that. And yeah, that can set back development a lot. But then again, like they they, they seem to be working on the game for uh, uh, for a very long time now. So maybe that's what they're working on. So Jabali Boo, I hope I said that right. Um, <laughs> oh boy, that that sounded uh, that sounded racy for that. I don't like. Oh that my one. gosh, it's it's the way it's written. So I actually posted a really good comment that a lot of people seem to kind of chime into, and that was that I think the Poe two specifically character creation came pretty close to the perfect system. If anything, I just want uh, some more facial and body features um, that may that might have some impact on some interactions like a tattoo of a specific faction. That's fascinating because we did talk about how, you know, obviously race and culture, things like that could uh, have an effect on the way when you walk into a town as do people react to you or, or think about you based on the lore. Um, and that's nothing really new. That's that was in Skyrim and all these other games. Um, but I would love to see you given the choice of, <laughs> the idea of a tattoo of a specific faction is a is a really cool idea. And then you really are kind of forcing the issue. It's not just it's like you're choosing the bias against your character. Um, and that is a neat idea. I think anybody else uh, feel the same way about that. Chirp. I'll be editing that. <laughs> <laughs> Do a TLDR on that. Uh. Right. No, I I am serious. I think this is an interesting idea because if you think about it, you're you're making a choice at the beginning of the game that is going to not just your race, but something else in particular that is going to have a significant influence on either people giving you the benefit of the doubt or people turning their back on you. that, I mean, I can only imagine the programming of something like that would be insane. 
Um, and obviously, whatever the tattoo is would have to be ingrained in the lore somehow. Uh, but I like that idea. I mean, I prefer a system where, like, like Fallout New Vegas, where you know that kind of happens when you when you're wearing a faction's clothes. Like, if you are wearing NCR clothes, they're like your NCR. There's obviously you're clearly oh, NCR, right? Right. I I would rather do something like that because you know you can toggle it on and off, and then it makes an interesting choice because you're like, oh, this armor is cool, but everybody that's an, clearly an NCR armor, and everybody's going to think I'm NCR, and they're going to attack me. Things like that. It's cool. Now, as far as PoE2 being the perfect system, I mean, several people chimed in and said that they felt the same way, that Deadfire was near perfect. Some of you even went as far as to say that um, that they think it is uh, an S-tier perfect class system. Um, yeah. Keep so- the class system. For the love of God, keep it. That's a quote from... Yes. I'm going to call him Winsent <laughs> backwards. Ah, good. You do some of the names. That's good. <laughs> um, so they won't they'll come after you. But I agree with that. I, I think it's a great class system. I still think that um, we come at it with a little bit of bias because we have played Pillars. We're all Pillars fans. We all bought yeah. into that. And that's They're going to have to water it down a little bit. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of new players, right? And they don't want to have the same pillars experience for avowed. So it's going to be different in some way, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. We had another one here who mentions, um, why don't is... you read a uh, one gamer 13s and post? He, he had a few nice things to say. You, Oh, okay. You want to read that? I'll let you do that. <laughs> no, it's a uh, several paragraphs long. I actually did read it. Um, and I, just I read the whole get... thing. I one know. Gamer... Me too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need to have you on the show, dude. Yeah, my guy, my guy. This is a this is a lot, so we can't read it all on the show. But I just wanted to say I read it, and I'm like, damn, that's a lot. I like it. I love. I agree with most of what he says for sure. Yeah, I mean, he leans in on a lot of the systems. Um, like he's you know fan of the culture and backgrounds. Talks about how sub race selections must be implemented. Um, so I, I'm on board with a lot of this. Um, he, he also pushes in or he or she pushes in on the idea that the player needs to be a silent protagonist, um, which is kind of what we're just talking about. And I, and I feel the same way. I don't want any voice options. I don't like them. I, they're cute for five seconds and then it's annoying. Um, you know, and and if you do that, God help me, let me turn it off. You know, not no like checkbox where I don't hear it at all. Um, (laughs) you know, would be better. Uh, it, it just doesn't. And, and I think, what did he say? He said, uh, a voice protagonist only works for games like Mass Effects or The Witcher because they already have established character traits and the player only has some wiggle room to make them a good or evil person or version. Yeah, this, this dude, you put a lot of thought into this. This is impressive. This is like an article more than it is a response, but I, I like it. Lots. Oh, you mentioned tyranny. Yeah. Uh, on a small side note, it would be interesting if the developers use a system similar to tyranny's conquest. Look at that. 
For those who haven't played Tyranny, developed by Obsidian, Conquest was a section of character creation that gave the player character a general history. So we've we've kind of touched on that a little bit. We could have um, just read this entire comment and the, the podcast would have been done pretty much, it looks like. Yeah, dude, it's covered all every single part of the character creation. I just wanted to bring it to attention because there was clearly a lot of love and dedication for no, the, I agree. The I agree. Um, I, I, I so several people have talked about the multi-classing on here. I know that uh, T next it's wins Vincent backwards is how I read it. Oh, T N E C. You're you're right. N I W. Yeah, you can go Tinikawu Vincent uh, so backwards <laughs> said uh, multi-classes don't break against the class thing that he discussed um, because multi-classes are lore-wise the same as the other classes, just given a slightly different mechanic for the sake of the game um, and gave some examples, some good examples. But I, I personally hate multi-classing and I hope they never do it again. But that's just me. Um, and I know I'm probably in the minority on that one. Um, who is this? There was one in here, some dork named, uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say Gingerino, aren't you? Oh, yeah, that, there it is. It's, <laughs> it's a dork. It's called Gangrano. Gangrano? Did you say Gangrano right now? That sounds no. like a Pokemon <laughs> in some really bad sex position. Oh, I don't want to no. know about Oh, <laughs> hey, I appreciate you saying, uh, uh, responding there, then supporting my post. I appreciate that, honestly. That was very cool. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else we have here. We uh, it looks like everybody's talking about the same thing that they kind of want to adhere closely to the old system. Um, you know, it it's not going to mess up the game. I mean, that's what uh, Sunday at noon said that uh, despite the different perspective and gameplay change it's not going to stunt the game and I, I kind of agree with that i think you stick with what you did it worked it was good it was popular for the most part um and then edderdom which is modern d backwards um no, ma- ma- mother of d i wonder if this is like adair domination like you really likes adair from pillars of return oh yeah yeah i don't think that's what it is but that's what it, in my head canon that's what his name is now adair domination my my head would never have gone there but you go gingerina that's cool um class wise i think my ideal would be the poe2 but without the limitation to two just more classes you access the less you specialize so classless with the classes as trees of power sources that's eso yeah it is eso class reactivity can be linked to background this and other stuff so that's an interesting point yeah it does that definitely has shades of eso to it um, I don't know that they'll go there, but that would be interesting if they did. Um, these are all good suggestions. Thank you everybody who wrote and replied to that. We appreciate your input and we agree with 99% of what you said. Um, cool. So thanks everybody for listening. Um, I think what we'll do to wrap this up is, uh, go around and see if anybody's got anything going on or if they can be found on social media. So, uh gingerino we know you've been doing some great stuff i've your past two or three you did a lot over the break man you did at least three <laughs> right i mean yeah that's well 
I've moved, I'm trying to move into weekly content now. Oh my God. Are you I'm crazy? Just, well, I, 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 I told everyone on, on my own podcast with the stipulation that right now it's weekly content, but I'm going to see if I can sustain it. And if I can't, then it'll go back to bi-weekly. So it's just short bonus content episodes right now. Right, 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 right. But it's just me. It's me trying something out and seeing if it sticks really well. So, yeah, if you're into Pillars of Eternity slash Avowed Lore, you can check out my podcast at World of AR on pretty much every podcast platform. Uh, at World of AR is the Twitter handle for that one. Yeah, nice, nice work. Seriously, I mean, you've been churn, you've been churning them out lately. I'm impressed. Thanks, man. Uh, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. Like every single week, diving into something, and uh, I'm surprised at how much I even learn having played the game now a few times and read a lot of this stuff. Just kind of talking it out on on the microphone is there's a lot in there. There's so much. And you don't even see half of this stuff in the game. Like half of it is written in a book I know, somewhere. I know. And that's that's crazy. I mean that's I love when people do that. I mean I love when companies do that. They've the the history and the lore and everything is just so deep that yeah. you know who knows if they'll ever touch on everything. Yeah. If um, I get enough people, maybe I'll do an OnlyFans, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Oh, OnlyFans. <laughs> Uh, laying on the bare rug in front of the fire all right yeah, tasteful tasteful nudes only of course oh, okay. but yeah all right hey good well you know you got your baby there so you know uh anyway moving on uh <laughs> parenthesis parenthesis um what do you got going on i know what you've got going on because i've been a listener but tell everybody how they can find you well they can find me at uh, twitch i uh stream weekly or mostly weekly um, under the handle command objective that is command and objective uh, I mostly do uh, narrative uh, RPG or adventure games now you've been uh, if I remember right you're you're pretty much doing them mostly on on Sundays right or the weekends in general yeah yeah it's where I can get it to well actually uh, now I think about it, I actually could do it other days because I just wanted to do it in a space where, you know, most of the... Oh, yeah, now I remember why we do it in the weekends. Right. It's, yeah, sorry. But I just... It does not matter. But yes, Sundays mostly. Uh, I'm enjoying them. Um, so really good, really good stuff. And uh, not just short snippets either. They're good. It's good content. It's really fun to watch and put it on and, you know... Uh, hope you get some more viewers on that so people head over there and watch some of the stuff he's doing um remoran you want to be found on social media sure i'm at sir remoran on twitter nice uh lazar how about you i still don't have any social media <laughs> shame shame no stay off the grid man do it do it i'm proud <laughs> of you oh my god I'm pretty much off of it. I'm hard to find as it is, and I want to keep it that way. Um, but uh, thanks, you guys, for joining us today. I thought it was a good discussion. I know we went pretty long. Um, and we'll keep trying to do these once a month until uh, maybe 2026 when more information comes out about the game. And then um, we'll start doing them then probably bi-monthly or something. We'll see. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. We love you all. Adios. Ah, have you finally realized you stand in the presence of your betters? Good. I say I shall hear no more impertinent questions from you.